Oh, dang, ladies and gentlemen, welcome <laughs> to the Yanagita Podcast Show, episode 36. Guys, I got a special guest. We got Derek. We got Derek Sebastian in the house, guys, who is an international ukulele artist who just recently released his new album, Dear Me. And, you know, before we get into the, the album and everything, Derek, how did you get started in ukulele and, like, your, you know, just your background? Because yeah. for people listening for the first time mm-hmm. about you. You know, it's been 27 years since I picked up the ukulele, so it's, it's been a while. And I, you know, I picked it up when I was 11 years old. And um, basically the story behind it was, um, you know, I got really sick one year uh, with asthma. And, um, you know, prior to that, I was playing sports a lot, like baseball and, and football and stuff. And um, when I got sick that one year, when I was 11 years old, my sixth grade year, um, I had nothing to do. So long story short, I picked, I was introduced to uh, the ukulele uh, by uh, my school security and my, my brother, mm. uh, Roger, my older brother. And, you know, from there, uh, when I picked up the ukulele, that really changed my life. And, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> the rest is history. Oh, my God. So, so take us back. So you're yeah. in high school. You picked mm-hmm. up the ukulele. You're playing. Oh, sixth grade. I mean, sixth grade. Yeah, yeah. And then you kept playing. Yeah. And then... When did it start clicking where it's like, oh, I think I'm going to do this, like, as, like, you know, like when you're 12, yes. 13, it's kind of like, ah, I think it's just a like hobby. Mm-hmm. But where, where was that turning point where it was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this? As a... You know, honestly, I think it was eighth grade was a few okay. years later. Wow. Uh, because what happened was I got, um, I got introduced to different types of platforms um, as far as playing on stages, jam sessions, um, you know, these little ukulele clubs, like, you know, and ukulele contests. So I had the, it gave me a little bit of um, like, wow, this is super cool. I would love to keep, you know, continue, but how, you know, what, what is next kind of deal. So that, I think, yeah, my eighth grade, definitely by freshman, I had envisioned, you know, how can I use this instrument to continue on, you know, because, um, you know, like I said, um, it just really inspired me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I continue on playing sports mm-hmm. and moving forward throughout high school. Um, but the ukulele was definitely that prominent, <laughs> you know, that, hey, you know, it was a, it was a tug kind of yeah. deal. So, so you, you've been doing it throughout the whole teenager. And then once mm-hmm. you're an adult, mm-hmm. where did that, where did your path initially go? Well... Before I graduated high school, um, I was presented with several hard decisions because Mm -hmm. I could have continued on with sports Mm -hmm. or totally pivot into the music industry. Mm -hmm. And I I remember it was really tough because, um, you know, I could have definitely continued in baseball, Mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't. I, I, you know, for I forgot a little bit of the. Um, scholarships and all you know all those little things that could you know could help me with college Um, however I took the music scholarships scholarships. and I went into music production and producing Mm -hmm. and learning engineering and all that stuff where was this at it was a trade school Los Angeles recording school Um, and I did that for a couple years Uh, went really well uh, mm-hmm. Made some great connections, but eventually came home and in, enrolled in UH Manoa. Oh, well, the outreach through UH Manoa. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. And they're almost uh, bachelors, but right at the last minute, 
things turned again with the music industry where wow. I ended up pursuing even more. Wow. So, yeah, it was a... And what was that? <laughs> so people are curious, like, oh, my God, what was that? What made you, what was that like that right before you graduated? As far as... an opportunity to go somewhere? Well, yeah. Um, yeah, after high school, I mean, yeah, I went to the school, I mean, the Los Angeles Recording School. Right. And then um, when I came home, I, you know, I felt that maybe um, I wanted to continue on with schooling first. And, I, you know, I mean, I was studying something that honestly I didn't feel passionate about in college mm -hmm. human relations i love it it mm -hmm. was talking stories it was counseling it yeah. was in the schooling um you know which i which i really enjoyed mm -hmm. but i i felt that tug again with the music so the music. Uh, i think i had like 22 credits left <laughs> for a bachelor's and i didn't finish Damn. so i should have but at the same time there are a couple opportunities to mm -hmm. pursue music a little bit more and i went for it so <laughs> that's awesome man you know that, that's that's really great for people listening yeah. you know like uh, we've got some college guys mm -hmm. a bunch of college athletes mm -hmm. that we trained that were my high school athletes yeah you know listening to this and mm -hmm. they put a lot of pressure on themselves they yeah. may be an artist or yeah. musician or whatever their talents are yeah um because i had dropped out of college mm -hmm. my uh, second yeah. year yes and so i actually got that inspiration from uh, jake because mm -hmm. I was going to school with Andrew Molina. Oh, right on. And then so he was like, I'm going to go visit my friend Jake. I said, who? Jake yeah. Shimabukuro. I said, oh, he's like my teacher. I was like, what? And then, Love you it. know, and that, that whole thing was like, oh, I went to, you know, school, but I stopped. And I was like, oh, dang. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to fitness. So that's really cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wow. And then, so for the first, like, five or ten years, mm -hmm. like, after, in your 20s, what was that like? Playing music and... Um, well, you know, as an artist, you know, you, to, to me, it, everything always evolves, you know, um, there's, there's a lot of downs more than ups because mm. you're just trying to find your way, you know, um, wow. and not to mention, you know, my early twenties, I think 22, I got married and then 23, I, we had our first child, right. which is Santana, Santana. <laughs> yeah. and you know, that plays uh, a big role in, mm -hmm. in decision making. And um, it was definitely, and it still is, you know, but you know, that was the big motivation right there was having mm -hmm. a young family and, you know, a lot of um, responsibilities. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that drove me to, that's when I remember um, I oh. went into music full time wow. completely where I would uh, I would study the music business, wow. um, and this is when Santana was born already. He was yeah. like, oh my goodness, maybe less less than a year. Oh. But um, you know that was my early twenties where I would literally get up maybe about two thirty, three thirty in the morning, <laughs> and I would do my calls, my wow. emails. I would have a couple mentors I worked with, yeah. um, and then Santana would probably get up. And wow. then I would take care of baby. My wife would go to work. She was a teacher back then. And then, um, you know, I would stay home with him. And then yeah. I would perform nighttime. Yo. So it was a very brutal That's schedule. Um, yeah. So wow. I would do a lot of music business during the day and then perform. And then, um, you know, it kept on, you know, it was ongoing. Yeah. And then it kind of caught on. Um, uh -huh. I would say... 
geez, when I started to travel, um, maybe five years down the road after. after yeah, yeah. Where were some of the places you traveled to? It started in, obviously, in the islands. Mm -hmm. um, and then it went uh, in the mainland area, West Coast, for mm. sure. I started in the Bay Area. Okay. Ukulele yeah. festivals, house concerts, yeah. um, workshops, um, you know, small tours mm -hmm. that I learned how to book um, mm -hmm. in a sense where... You know, it was all independent. You know, I, I didn't really have any, um, and I still don't really have um, like a agent's rep a representation, you know, yeah. an agency. So mm -hmm. self-manage, uh, but yet I do have a team, if that wow. makes any sense. But yeah, I did, did that, and um, my goodness, yeah, that's when wow. things kind of took off. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> wow. So Derek, this is incredible because I hear this a lot about people playing music yeah. or artists. Mm -hmm. This is a perfect opportunity. You're going to hate me, all the, the young guys. <laughs> for for a smart, talented, aspiring uh, like artist or mm -hmm. mu musician, yeah. what would your advice be to them? Because it sounds like the work ethic was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, just, what, what would you say to them? This thing. You know, I mean, Definitely, first of all, you gotta you gotta love what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, you gotta have that. Wow, this is super cool. Whatever excites you. Mm -hmm. You know, back then ukulele wasn't popular, mm -hmm. but it sure excited me. Yeah. You know, so I figured, you know, hey, listen, if this excites me, what else is possible? Mm -hmm. You know, ukulele. Nobody was really touring. Like mm -hmm. nobody was really making a splash. But yet at the same time, I envisioned that. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you know, for the younger generations, if you find something fun and mm -hmm. exciting, then you do have a, um, you know, potential. You do have potential in it. And right, right now in today's world of media and, mm -hmm. you know, so much, it's so accessible. Um, I think anything is possible, man. Mm -hmm. You know, find something you enjoy doing. You know, if you have a passion that excites you, then show up, you mm -hmm. know, see where it takes you. Because you just never know, like myself. You know, I could I could name so like several events that in my mind. What are some of those events? People are, people are like people <laughs> oh are like what are those? Because there's probably a I mean yeah. I mean, you've been on the block, man. Like the history mm. and the accomplishments and the accolades, bro. Like what oh, are like the few you. that like pop out in your mind? Like dang, that was special. You know, first of all, I I realized I was blessed with a gift. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew that it was my calling. And it was my responsibility to show up and see where it takes me. Um, a lot of sacrifices, a lot of um, a lot of self doubt, but yet at the same time, at the end of the day, I knew that was my calling. So, you know, um, geez, I wanted to <laughs> travel the world yeah. and and play at these big stages and festivals and it happened you know i started in australia, australia. um went, went after the u.s part mm -hmm. i wanted to expand uh mm -hmm. started australia and i think and then a year later it was um oh my goodness where did i go i went thailand oh. philippines wow. korea and korea in one year, in one year? yeah it was back and forth Yo. korea booked me twice in one year oh um and then in a four-year span, I think I went Korea three times, wow. China twice, wow. um, Europe, Germany, Finland, Estonia, and then in the middle of in the midst of everything was a lot of U.S. Oh. stuff. Um, it was insane, like wow. absolutely insane. I mean, I don't know if I 
would touch ground kind of oh, deal. Oh and that happened, you know. Yeah. What is that like? Like, I can't imagine. Like, you're, 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 you're like Stanford. So people listening, what is that like? If, when you're standing there and you see mm-hmm. everything and you're yeah. about to go, like, is it like, what do you feel? Emotion, adrenaline, excitement? What, what is that? What's go through your mind and heart? You know, I think, I think everything, you know, yeah. um, I'm excited because it's new adventures, mm-hmm. uh, new opportunities. Um, you know, at the same time, I'm leaving my family back home. Right. Right. Um, and that, at that time, I had two, mm-hmm. uh, Santana and Marley and possibly Jackson in the mix already. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my wife, she holding down the household you know what i mean Shout out, so, man. big time yeah Ravy. yeah so it was tough man mm-hmm. you know the time difference is really you know put a um i mean it was just difficult um mm. sometimes i could be you know 12 hours difference sometimes mm-hmm. eight sometimes wherever I, wow. I don't know you know whatever but then at the same time you know you talk to the family once you hang up it's kind of game time you know we are on on the bus or on the tour vans um you know city to city um you know it's it's unreal bro justin it Mm -hmm. because it's such a different world i mean they treat you like king like like just crazy top notch (laughs) and i'm not used to you know i don't they carry your bags they present they maybe give you coffee when you want (laughs) i mean they give you anything whenever anytime and it is so insanely hard to accept because you know it's kind of like oh wherever you show up the room is ready the stage is ready you know Mm. we we with this tour manager stage managers production managers it's such a Damn. big thing. Wow. Uh, but when you come home, it's back to normal life. Like yeah. washing dishes, <laughs> chasing kids, talking, you know, just like, you know, it's insane. You know, <laughs> it's like back to like just a switch, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was going back and forth. Like I didn't, I chose not to be away from the family more than a month. Mm-hmm. So my tours were broken up like, oh my goodness, which was like gone four weeks at the most mm-hmm. come back for a month and a half and then mm-hmm. go out again wow come back go out oh. again come back that's incredible yeah it was kind of crazy wow. <laughs> Is, are you have you been doing that pre-covid or or um, was that more like 10 15 years ago it was it was i was traveling up to pre-covid wow. yeah um not as much yeah. but very selectively and it was more um sporting events and stuff oh, like I that see, yeah it was not we, too much tours yeah, yeah. people have been asking me that, but i put a post out about it. they're like oh my god Derek. i got like, oh, i love Derek sebastian i like this guy oh my god his music and a lot of them were like what about the lakers because, oh my goodness because of what you know uh transpired last yeah. year yeah yeah um Kobe, mm-hmm. people are curious. Like, what was that like? I mean, out of all the events, I think that was the one that people asked me a lot most <laughs> to ask you about. Like, Please ask Derek about that. Oh my God! You know that was a dream come true, and that was that was one of those dreams that is just almost seems impossible mm-hmm. because the story was, you know, I mean, prior to the Lakers, mm-hmm. you know, I had a I had a dream of hey, I want to. I told my wife I want to meet Oprah one day. We mm-hmm. both laugh. And then it happened. You know, mm-hmm. I got to meet Oprah, teach ukulele lessons, and perform with, per, perform for her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was like, hey, one day I want to meet Jason Rice. That happened. Um, you know, I visioned myself being a TED Talk speaker. That happened. I mean, you know, there was so much um, in my mind 
there's got to be some way, somehow. Mm-hmm. And the Lakers, you know, all those events led up to the Lakers where I remember my wife and I sitting at my um, in-laws at Papa's table eating dinner. And it was watching, I think the Lakers, yeah, definitely was the Lakers, but I think it was like Kobe and um, I don't know what team they had. I know I don't think Shaq was playing already, but mm-hmm. we were watching the Lakers and I said, hey, what would it be like to be front and center at Staples Center? <laughs> nah, we laugh. We just laugh, right? So I start doing the work, the research, and I start inquiring. Never got any response for um, over three years. Three years. Over. Easy. Over maybe close to four. And I remember one day I had the kids in the car driving out of McDonald's right here in Wailuka. I know exactly where I was. My wow. phone rings. Uh-huh. I look at them. It's a Los Angeles number. Ah, lots of those. Uh, Put them on the side. Right, right? Right, yeah. You know, well, lots of those. Delete, not delete, but ignore. Ignore. <laughs> Dude, you know, one and then that voicemail was one and you know was you know was in the mix and going through the voicemails that night, and it was Lisa Estrada. Yeah, she was the Laker girl, one of the big time Laker girl, uh, Laker girls they call them or something. And um, she was game operations director of the Lakers, and she called me. She said, "Hey, um, I've been getting your messages, and I really." been researching you and watching your journey i guess i mean i didn't know right i was like holy smoke she's been paying attention right and um she said she would love for me to open up the lakers preseason on oahu Mm. at the stan sheriff center Mm -hmm. and i was like okay when Mm -hmm. and um she said ah the specific date and i looked at my camera Oh my gosh, I'm gonna be between tours. Oh. And she said, Okay, what are the details? So I said, Well, I'm in the mainland. I come home for just five days and I'm off to Korea. Right. She said, Well, that that five days, you know, is it like family time? I said, Yes, that's mm. my family time. She said, How about the Lakers fly out the whole entire family from Maui to um, Honolulu? We take care of you guys and then we send you guys back to Maui. And we can have that as your family time. Wow. And then we, you continue on. Oh, my goodness. I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I totally was living out of suitcases for like three and a half months. Oh, right. time. But anyways, we did that. Um, and that was a su- success at the Stan Sheriff Center. Um, three, four months, la- the same season, same three, season. four months later, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going on, uh, I had an event in L.A. or right. something like that. I don't mm-hmm. know. But I emailed Lisa. I said, hey, I will be in town. Um, I'd love to catch a Lakers game or, you know, whatever you guys need. She replied (gasps) immediately. And she said, will you have your ukulele? (laughs) I said, yes, I will. And she said, I got this historic game. I was like, oh, my gosh. She said, yeah, it's the last time Kobe Bryant will be playing the Cavaliers. And LeBron James is going to be coming into town. Would you mind opening up with the national anthem at Staples Center? And my my bones just like it just went like in shock like you know wow. I couldn't believe it you know oh my god so I said yes and that that was the first time I did Lakers that was huge I mean it went viral I I couldn't my phone was just dying from notifications <laughs> so I had to turn off every had to turn off. yeah it was insane man it was like. You know, oh. the news was calling KITV4, KHON, Hawaii News. It was just like, can I just enjoy the game? Because I was still in the game, like yeah. watching the game. And my 
phone was just going like crazy. <laughs> so I was like, dude, I gotta shut this off. And it was insane because, mm. you know, I, we did that and the game was done. And we're like, wow, that was super cool. And I remember getting a phone call and he's a good friend of mine, um, Patrick Ewing Jr. Um, he's texting me from wherever he was and he said, Sports Center. So I was like, Sports Center? We're eating, dude. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, we're yeah. eating after the game. And then, we, anyways, we get back to the hotel. I remember my wife calls me. She said, hey, are you on social media? I said, no, I'm not. I'm, I am not on social media. And I try to, I try to get back to, um, you know, trying to have the adrenaline calm down a little bit. She said, I think you might want to turn on the TV. I was like, for real? She's like, yes, you got to um, turn on Sports Center. Oh. So I said, really? So my team, we went back up to our hotel room, we turned on the TV, and then I was on SportsCenter playing the national Dang. anthem. Uh, I think of like a 30-second clip. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so that was it. That was crazy. That was Holy so insane. God. That was the first time uh, doing the staples. So wow. fast forward, um, uh, the next year, mm-hmm. I did the anthem for the LA Clippers. Mm-hmm. That was super awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I think recently, 2018 or 17, I'm not too really sure. I did the Lakers again. Yeah. Yeah. All at Staples. Yeah. It's, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Like, wh- how did, where does all this come from? Like, the, the determination mm-hmm. of like three years. People are probably listening like three years. Mm-hmm. You've been knocking on that door for three years. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Where does that like. Well, I, I think like anything else, you know, if there's a will, there's a way, mm-hmm. or maybe the opposite, there's a way, there's a will, mm-hmm. you know, where, however you want to look at it. But, um, you know, I, I, I in my mind, I, I guess you can call me a stubborn, persistent <laughs> kind of guy where, you know, if I see something like uncharted waters, it's, yeah. it's kind of spooky, scary. Uh-huh. But, you know, I think... That's what we put on earth for, is to humbly um, make a difference, and if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's def- def- I don't do this for the fame or fortune. Um, I do this because, obviously, my kids, um, I want them to believe when they have dreams mm-hmm. or they have a vision, then you got to go out and get it. You know, it's not handed to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and still today, you know, uh, with my projects that's ahead, um, I get up four, three thirty-four, five at the latest, um, and I write. That's my kind of guy. <laughs> You're my kind of guy, dude. I mean, dude. Uh, is you know, up before just, everybody else, man. Yeah, you know, I still do it till today. I write every day. Um, I just, you know, try to. I mean, I just surrounded by so many, so many great people, and as long as this lasts, um, let's make it happen. You know. <laughs> oh my goodness! And speaking of um, your your kids, uh, yeah. so, uh, Santana, Santana, he's really talented. I remember because <laughs> uh, we went to Coffee Attic for our gym anniversary. Oh, yeah, that's right. Ones, that's right. That's right. I and remember. he did the magic show mm-hmm. and he even played. And I was like, oh, this is great. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Santana. Oh three boys, man. Mar- Santana, Marley, and Jackson. So, And they're growing up quick, you know. So I think that's my motivation, my mm-hmm. ultimate motiva- motivation um, to... And, and, and everybody else, you know, mm-hmm. it's not really about, you know, us. It's really about helping each other walk home in mm-hmm. a sense where, hey, you know, you got something. Let's make it a positive and just, you know, 
you know, inspire the world in that matter. Mm. Somehow, some way we can, you know. So I just glad I get to do it through my music, yeah. my writing, um, my projects, my yeah. performances and whatever it may be. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's incredible. You know, Derek, and going back to like how you're mentioning about like you were consuming a lot of like like reading a lot and mm-hmm. doing a lot of journaling, writing. Mm-hmm. What are was there some books or something like that or people you've met that really influenced you along the way or yes yeah. well I mean believe it or not I have not um, I I only started writing maybe like almost four years ago oh, okay um, back then when I started ukulele it was all composition was oh, all writing music. music I mean well I wouldn't say writing music like notes because right. I cannot read music <laughs> I dude I would just wow. put connect the dots and make happy faces to be quite honest. <laughs> I'll be sorry, band teachers. Um, but I just, everything is done by ear and I figure it out and it's done by patterns on the ukulele. Um, and all those years was just how can I transpose my feelings through the ukulele and just kind of channel the energy through it. Um, and then maybe four years ago, yeah, um, I was, I guess you can say I was tired of traveling. I was tired. I was burnt out. Um, it was a lot going on. Like, I was pulled in millions of directions, and it was great. But I don't. I felt that like, I don't think I can do this much longer. Yeah. And I told my wife that one time. Yeah. I said, I think I came home from, um, I think it was Europe, and I oh. was so beat. <laughs> I put down my luggage. I t- I looked at her. I said, I'm done. She said, What do you mean you're done? You just got home. <laughs> you just got you're done. What? Like immediately, I put down my bags and. Okay, I said, I think I'm done touring. I don't want to go on the road anymore. She's like, what? Like, just like, what What happened to you? What, ha- like, there was wow. any, and I was, wasn't was anything bad. Was, but anyways, you know, <clears throat> just moving forward a little bit, um, I felt I needed to write, like, oh. words, wow. feelings, and, you know, just, you know, um, you know, basically pencil to paper, or pen mm-hmm. to paper. Mm-hmm. And, I was blessed enough to uh, crossroads uh, with Jason Mraz and you know he his best friends and his mentors are my friends that's how we I met Jason was I was good friends with his good friends okay and we did events together we toured together together. so it was like one one day Jason was on Maui doing a concert and Mm -hmm. Jason called me and he said hey my friend Billy, blah blah blah. Hey, let's do a song together. I said, shoot, I'll be there, brother. You <laughs> oh know. So, <clears throat> anyways, um, Jason encouraged me to uh, start writing, mm-hmm. and uh, that led to songwriting. Songwriting. Yeah, oh. that led to songwriting, and it was very uncomfortable. Like oh. just like, oh my gosh, like I'm being brutally honest. Is it okay to write that? Oh. But they, you know, it is. Right. You should be. You right. know, if you're mad, you're sad, you're happy write nobody's gonna read it but right. in my mind i was that self-critic right oh. i can't write that you know but if you feel you can't write that then you say i can't write that would right. you so it was a training um thing where it was how can you know so anyway that's why i write every day it's kind of like morning pages get your your feelings your um whatever emotions your thoughts mm-hmm. um get those the junk on paper you know mm-hmm. just get it on paper <clears throat> and then um so yeah, I started writing and 
it's just it's been a life changer man life you know changer. yeah for the past four years now i write almost well four years i trend i did that mindset that transition yeah. but for sure nearly three years i've never missed a day of morning pages wow. yeah I write That's every incredible. single day, bro. <laughs> oh my goodness! But it's great. It's, oh. it's yeah. You just gotta show up, right? <laughs> That's that's an understatement. Show up. <laughs> so. And then leading into that, mm -hmm. was that how this the the Dear Me album started? Like, what? Because that was four years ago, you mm -hmm. said. And then. Yeah. So two thousand around seventeen. Seventeen, correct? Got yeah. So. This album, yeah. um, it was a basically a result of writing mm -hmm. you know writing meaning is it a songwriter or is it a music composition i don't know i didn't know um and i also got introduced to music licensing mm -hmm. which is writing specifically for film and television mm -hmm. which i'm currently in right now um but it led me to say yes to these little things and it was so uncomfortable it still is it's mm -hmm. scary because you put a ukulele in my hand, I'm in my safe zone. Right. You know, I'm in my comfort That's zone. Right. Let's go. But you put just me in a paper and I have to write to your know, projects right. or song. Like yeah. I have to write a song before I pick up the ukulele. Now that's a challenge. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so that's what I've been presented, you know, wow. and um, it just led to this recent, my first ever singer-songwriter um, project, Dear Me. And Dear Me is a letter that I wrote to myself. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. I wrote, my, I wrote a letter to myself, and it became yeah. a song. <laughs> oh, my God. I was listening to some of the tracks this morning, and I was yeah. just like, oh, my God. This is, I, I, just, I was just so curious. How did that start? That's mm -hmm. why probably everybody's like, wow. Yeah. So where can they find the Dear Me? Man, it's yeah. all over. All over. Uh, yeah, all the streaming and uh, downloadable sites, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, whatever, whatever you know. Got uh, it. We're going to make sure that, uh, yeah, all the links are yeah, good to go. Yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. Dear me. <laughs> See, and that's it's incredible because, you know, I was going to ask I, another question that people were asking. Like, what do you do when a high performer gets mm -hmm. like that? burned out or overwhelmed and you exactly mm -hmm. described it about yeah. writing yeah and yeah i mean i'm only way. human as everybody else yeah. you know i do have feelings i do have self-doubts mm -hmm. uh, i do have highs and lows and i think that's the beauty of it is when you're when i'm feeling that way mm -hmm. um i be in that moment i live it mm -hmm. where if i you know happy let's be happy and mm -hmm. if I'm sad or angry or somewhat depressed or just maybe unsure mm -hmm. it's 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 totally okay mm -hmm. and that's when my support team comes in you know like I said I surround myself with great people mm -hmm. um, that holds me accountable for not what I do not just what I do but for who I am and I love that because uh, like I said you know we we all struggle to some degree of some you know issues or whatever and that is human that is human nature and mm -hmm. i acknowledge that and um you know that's yeah it's you know we just from there on you know it's okay that's it's okay to feel that way yeah and you know to me i think as long as you know that i i feel um, we all can walk each other home. <laughs> oh my God. See, there you go, man. Like, you know, before we wind down to the last couple of questions, yeah. Derek, this is just, it's, 
the time is just flying. I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh my God. I want to just acknowledge you, Derek, because mm-hmm. you came in here and you're just so authentic about sharing, you know, the highs and the lows and all the support system and all these different stories. And and for everybody listening, you mm-hmm. know, people, uh, they, they're going to be like, you got to ask, you, you forgot to ask this, Justin, you forgot <laughs> to ask that, Justin, we got to get them on again and, you know, in the future. And and I really feel like it's going to help a lot of the, the college kids mm-hmm. or the, the early 20 guys sure. who want to pursue something yeah. but they they'll they'll get that like momentarily um stuck yeah and then they're like you know why it wasn't for me um because that is so respectable yeah what you got Derek. It's, uh, that that tenacity or grit mm-hmm. or whatever the word you want to call it like three years and just not getting word back and yeah. just and i'm sure everything was like that especially yeah. in the beginning and you know where it's like oh my god i gotta just keep going keep calling keep emailing yeah and so I just want to acknowledge that, that, you know, you being here and, uh, mm. and then, what, what is it, uh, February yeah. on a Friday, Aloha Friday. So, <laughs> yeah, thanks again for being here, Derek. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, just honestly, and this goes for everybody, you know, just don't give up on your dreams. Mm. I mean, literally, I mean, maybe you can shelve it mm-hmm. and not forget about it, mm-hmm. but don't give up on it. I mean, you know, case in point. I wanted to be a professional baseball player. I, I mean, that is what I, I still vision myself <laughs> on the baseball field. Like that in my mind, like I see myself on the baseball field, MLB. Wow. And I grew up thinking that. But when I took the music route, I didn't give up on that. Like mm. I still vision maybe one day, yeah. but right now I got to do the music. Yeah. And eventually, I didn't mention this early on, but mm-hmm. um, the first national anthem on the national stage yeah. was actually at the Arizona Diamondbacks in Ch- on Chase Field in Phoenix. Wow. Um, that was back in 2010. That's when I, that is when I first um, made my official dream come true by really not giving up on my childhood dream. Wow. And, you know, long story, but I got invited to perform the national anthem for the Arizona Diamondbacks wow. and, and the Braves game. The Braves game. Yeah, 2010. And that was my first time ever walking on a Major League Baseball field. And the Arizona Diamondbacks organization, they knew my story and how special that was. Mm-hmm. So it was so surreal where they, they VIP'd me right in the parking lot and went into the field, went underground, mm-hmm. came up through this tunnel. And when I immediately came out of this tunnel, there were the owners, the executives, holding a baseball jersey. Baseball jersey. Number oh 21 with Sebastian on him, as oh if I was drafted. Oh my goodness. And here I am walking in with my ukulele, wow. bro. You know what I'm saying? And I just, I just, bought, I just cried. It was just so emotional because they made my dreams come true through my music. Music. Yeah. Wow. And that was the to me that was like, wow, I can do this. Yeah. And that was that sparked a lot of um ideas and it really fueled the fire where like what else? And so that was the That's first that, anthem. What else is yeah. possible mindset yeah. you're talking about? Oh yeah. my goodness. So that that happened back in two thousand ten. So the Lakers really yeah. It was a result of that, like just trying to figure it out. The Lakers was pretty hard. That's a big time organization, right? So, 
it was hard to crack. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, that, that's the kind of stuff that people are going to be like, what? That's going to be the nugget right there. Mic drop right there. Boom, <laughs> Seriously. Wow. You know, and this guy's, I have a feeling of what you might say about this next part. What, what would you say about three things? If you could only leave three on a piece of paper, maybe three advice, three tips, three resources, three anything, with pieces of wisdom, knowledge, anything from you for your kids and your family. Mm -hmm. What would those three things be? Hmm. Ooh, that's a that's deep a one. one. Oh, that's a hard one, bro. Right. Justin, you so got me. So for instance, it's kind of like, uh, like for me, it might be something on the lines of like gratitude, mm. you know, being grateful. Yeah. And then second one could be like, uh, for me, be present. Yeah. You know, just like right totally. now, being here right now, just listening to you, absorbing your feelings, mm. your energy. And, 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 and it's just incredible because I can feel it. Like when you're talking about your events, I can feel it. I'm like, wow. And I'm not even there. And I can feel like the, uh, the you know, the, yeah. the energy. Mm -hmm. And then the third one would be just never give up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, I mean, that was would probably be the three, four myself. Yeah. You know, for me, I, I, I'm not a outspoken kind of guy. You know, I love to observe, and I, I I'm a, to me, I'm a dreamer. I really am. I, I, I So to me, I, number one is just being humble, mm. um, and just being very grateful for where you at right now, right here, right now. Mm -hmm. um, um, I guess that's number one. Number two is believe. Believe. Yeah, I when you believe, I think it's key because most times things starts with an idea. Mm -hmm. Like, hmm, you know what I mean? Like, what if? Mm -hmm. What if? What if I was to like all these events? You know, what what if I was to be on Staples Center? How would that be? Right. That's an idea. That's an idea. But if you say, I'm gonna be on Staples Center, that you just you just really made that if it's just when I be on Staples or when I be on that center. You know what I mean? So it starts with believing. Um, and that is so huge. There's a difference, man. Like, I think, oh, I know. I think I can, but I know I can. Right. You know what I mean? So I think that, you know, falls back into believing. Oh um, the last one is... Um, yes, never give up. I, I really, truly believe in never giving up. It's, it might not happen tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It might not happen to, you know, the next month or year or five years. But when it's ready and your time is going to come, it will happen. Oh, um, and that's not giving up. You cannot throw the towel, man. It, life mm -hmm. is a journey, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, life is, to me, life is you know showing up to your river and saying yes to its flow mm. rapids and all show up just to your river and right just there. go you yeah. know what i mean and you if you don't if you give up yeah. you you're not you're not doing your river man yeah. you know you yeah pit stop okay but yeah. keep going keep going never as soon as you up. recover go back yeah, yeah. keep going but keep paddling oh my <laughs> gosh see that's what it is be humble the never give up was the last one and yeah. the second one believe yeah oh yeah my God. 
I think I don't know. I, I was just. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's freaking awesome! Oh man. man! You know, final question that we always ask to our guests: like, yeah. when you first saw or, or, or heard about fighting sickness or mm. fitness, what kind of came to mind? Well, I heard your story before I saw your slogan. Mm-hmm. Your, you know, and you know, I stumbled upon your videos and on Instagram or some kind of social media platform, yeah. and I noticed how passionate you were. Mm-hmm. and still is mm-hmm. and to me i sense that mm. i i don't re- i don't go out and say oh i can feel your passion but when i look um i look for people who's totally in it mm-hmm. and you're totally in it and you know my wife was like yeah justin he has a fitness thing i said oh wow this is cool and fighting sickness um i mean that is i mean and i got to know your story mm-hmm. wow that's amazing, bro. And this is just the beginning for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you one, ten, five, ten years later, you're gonna look back, and this was the stepping stone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Fighting sickness with fitness. I mean, that's that's great, man. You living it. Yeah, uh, yeah. and that's your calling. That yeah, is. It yeah. really is. It's yeah. like, like I wake up every day just so still. I can't even. I, I beat my alarm every day at four thirty. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, I'm up. Yeah. I wake up at 3.30, something, like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's just so, when you're excited, you don't need that much sleep. Six yeah. hours, you're good to go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, totally. it's like, oh. I hear you. And so, you know, I, I want to just, uh, this is for you, Derek, uh, Fighting Sick. This is our, our recently wow. uh, one that came out. Right on, my man. Thank so, you. Yeah, that's this for you. And, uh, you know, I was just curious, Derek, you know, what can we do for you? Like, what can we do to be of service to you? Oh man, you are too kind, man. This is, you know, not, I, I don't know right off the bat, but I tell you what, you, you, for me, I would love to see you continue your mission. And to me, I believe if your intention and your values are right mm-hmm. and pono and sits well with you, mm-hmm. then one day, our paths gonna cross where we gonna eventually work together or just our mission's gonna cross where we're gonna have something you know mm-hmm. and that's when i think i can tell you what you can do for <laughs> me or what i can do for you vice versa um but you know continue on man mm-hmm. with what you're doing and i mean listen you started off with this vision of this fighting mm-hmm. sickness with fitness how Mm-hmm. How are you going to do that? Yeah. And you showed up. Mm-hmm. You opened up, uh, I don't know, before this, but mm-hmm. started off with half of this place. Right, right. right? Yeah. You said, wow, that is super cool. But now it's kind of like I still continue my mission and you expanded. Mm-hmm. And that's like same thing in my story where you just keep showing up. All of a sudden, we're in a room doing a podcast. I know, it's crazy. So during I'm just COVID. saying, like, during COVID, the pandemic. Right? <laughs> I mean, you started off with fitness, mm-hmm. but now you're in a podcast. Yeah. What's next, Justin? <laughs> I'm serious. Next? And that's the most exciting oh part is gosh. just, you know, you never, ever, ever, ever will know the answers right away. It just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But if you just show up and, you know, you keep that faith and that and you believe mm-hmm. you will find the answers along the way. Guarantee, 100 percent sure. I'm I'm a walking testimony yeah. to I don't know. Let's just go though. Let's you know, yeah. Let's, let's just go. try, right? And 
most people, they're so afraid to fail mm. because it's like, you know, the, the worst thing somebody can do is, you know, kill the thought without even trying. Without trying. Yeah. Like say, oh, I want to, I want to try to bench 135. Yeah. But nah, nah, nah. Let's just put on the <laughs> let's put on the thirty five plates yeah. instead. But you didn't try. You, you killed try. the thought. Yeah. So it's like, well, I was nervous as heck when I had to email the Lakers, maybe, and then follow up. Yeah. But if I didn't hit send, yeah, I would never know. So it's kind of like you gotta try. Don't yeah. don't. Uh, to me, rejection is just a redirection. Oh, you know what I mean? It's kind of like that was good. Yeah, if the door is not yeah, is just redirect. Yeah, basically that's what it is. It's not a. <laughs> it's not failure, man. Oh. Failures are if you just stop and give up. Mm -hmm. To me, I think there's a time and point where you could stop and give up in mm -hmm. a sense, which may, maybe it's the best. But as far as what you're passionate about and excited mm -hmm. about, you gotta keep going. Mm -hmm. You know, just because. Man, in my mind, a no means yes. <laughs> no means yes. <laughs> oh, I mean, as odd as, it, odd as that sounds. Yeah. When some, I mean, I had so much no's, Justin. Yeah. No, Derek, we're not ready. No, yeah. this is not time. No, this is not the right gig. This is, you know, the ukulele is not um, the instrument we're looking for. No, this, mm -hmm. we don't think your show is ready. No, you know, no, no, no. Yeah. But then there's a lot of yeses that came about that yeah. you know came from that so i i like to count those as blessings yeah. you know because that make me work harder That's and so appreciate mm -hmm. and yeah so <laughs> my god Derek. <laughs> no man oh, i'm following god. a lead dude man, that's freaking awesome man Derek, um, you know i want to just thank you so much yeah for buddy coming on to the podcast and for people listening, where can they find you, follow you, mm. or, you know, if they want to reach out to you? Oh, yes. Well, I tell you what, the best is straight up on my website. My website. team did it a fantastic job. DerekSebastian.com, D-E-R-I-C-K, Sebastian.com. Um, from there, there's all my social media, contact, info, music, geez, what, stories, mm -hmm. um, updates i don't know pictures i guess yeah. nowadays yeah which is <laughs> social media kind yeah. of you know deal um yeah there's all my links and stuff like that there so right on. um but yeah on to the next man <laughs> Derek, man thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's my pleasure my ladies friend. and gentlemen thank you guys all so much and uh subscribe guys if you guys haven't subscribed click that subscribe button <laughs> thank see you. you guys in the next one <laughs> done